this morning, I, I have, I have a, I wasn't going to minister. I really wasn't going to, I was just going to be trying. I was going to rest and just allow myself to heal. And uh, Saturday, I was in the docking station and, and the Lord just began to speak to me about his road to our recovery. You know, his road to our recovery. You know, and immediately when you hear the word recovery, at least when I do, I, I, I feel like I, I think of addictions or I think about somebody who's, who's, who's has to, they're, they're recovering from a bone injury. I mean, that's what I think of when I think of recovery. So I just want to share some things that's on my heart. And then we're going to see what, what the Lord does, you know. Can we just, like, no, tra- no, no, no agendas, no, just be transparent this morning, you know. I really feel the Lord's going to do something. He did tell me this. He said, many of us in the room this morning had been on this wild road that we call recovery. And the truth is that recovery looks different for every single one of us. It really does, you know. Before we can understand what recovery is, we have to recognize the time that we were afflicted. Because, see, in order for you to have to recover from something, you have to have had an affliction. We have to recognize the time of the affliction when it happened. That's the defining moment. That's the root moment where the attack, the wound the hurt, and even the offense entered into our hearts. See, I'm, t- I'm, speaking, I'm speaking recovery. We, we think of it in the natural, but we, we also want to think about this in the spirit. Because, see, recovery, when, when, we, when we get in a place of being hurt, we get in a place of being wounded, we begin to respond differently. We really do. We respond differently. And it'll, it'll change the very atmosphere of how we walk and we do our day. You see, often the attacks will come swift and sly. See, nobody ever goes into a situation knowing you're going to be attacked. You know, if you knew that a bank robbery was about to happen, you're probably not going to go into that bank because you know it's about to be robbed. But see, when the attacks come, they come so sly and they come so swiftly that you don't even know. It comes in like, before you know, like, oh, and he got me. <clears throat> you see, secretly, and I, I'm going to, see, transparency, and you hear me say this often. I speak in areas that the Lord is, is even setting me from. Because I know that that those things will bring breakthrough in our lives. It really will. But secretly, we, we can look like we have it together. But the truth is, there's a battle going on. The Bible speaks about the, you know, that, that it, we battle out against flesh and blood. That means that we, there's, a, there's a war going on in the spirit. There is. But secretly, there's battles that are going on in our lives. Some of us in this room have even become tormented at night. Where, where the things that, that we're battling have not even allowed you to go to sleep. Maybe those that are watching. 
that it's impaired you to even be able to sleep at night because whether you're worried or there's anxiety or maybe there's dreams. You know, listen, I, I can speak that there's been times in my life that I can be worried about something that it'll stop you from being able to rest. It'll stop you from resting. You know, I'm, I'm going to speak about some stuff, but listen, fear tried to come on me. Fear tried to come on me from, from me knowing that I was going to have to have surgery this past Friday. Man, I wanted to do everything I could to cancel this, this surgery. I, I mean, I kicked and I screamed trying to cancel this thing. And sometimes we agree with the very thing that's trying to come against us. But I want you to know this. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And then it says, and behold. Ah, <laughs> listen. Behold. All things become new. What does that word behold? I, what does that word behold really mean? He's like saying, he, he says, all things have passed away. But behold! He said, wait, wait a minute, hold on. That's what he's saying. Behold. All things become new. You see, the very thing that we that the enemy tries to get us to, to agree with. The whispers, the lies, the deceptions, whatever it may be. That's not who you are. I don't care what the devil says. Listen, I don't care if, if you know, listen, we, we, we live in a, a generation now where everything is so accessible to you. Even to our kids, the young boys, the young girls. You get on, on social media, there's people half naked. And it's so readily there. The devil is running rampant trying to corrupt and to, to bring us to, to, to agree with, with what it says. But that's not who you are. You know, one of the things I love about the program that, that we've been doing on Tuesdays is it's like, hello, my name is Pete and I'm an alcoholic. No. Hello, my name is Pete. I'm a son of the king. I'm a child of the living God. That's who he says we are. That's who you are. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Come on, let's read that again. Since... We have been made right in God's sight. By faith, we have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of the undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently 
and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This is beautiful because it says, listen, that since we have been made right, that word right in this context means we have been made righteous. The righteousness of Jesus inside of us. And then when we go down, it says, where we now stand. That is a standing between, that is where we stand. We are the righteous heirs in the kingdom of heaven. And the righteousness of Jesus is inside of you and I. That we now, we are the ambassadors, citizens from heaven. That we walk and we exercise the authority of the kingdom. The power, the glory, the presence. You are a walking transformer of the power of God. <clears throat> this is truth. Listen, and we have to know that. You're a transform. You are so full of power that everywhere you go, you can revive the dead things around you. Have you ever noticed when you watch those movies and they rub the paddles and they say, what do they say? Clear. Why? Because they're about to shock somebody. And whoever's involved, they're about to get the, we call it in Spanish, we call it toque. <laughs> You're about to get the pow. That's the truth, guys. Come on. The righteousness of heaven. Do not let the whispers and the lies of the devil to become your truth. Man, it's so easy. It's so easy. When we are not grounded and we are not in communication with the Father, Holy Spirit, we will be so easily entertained by a lie. Our faith will get tested. Then doubt comes. What is doubt? Unbelief. What is unbelief? It is rebellion to God. It is. And what is rebellion unto God? It's a form of witchcraft. <clears throat> Come on. We cannot let the whispers and the lies of the devil become our truth. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Come on. It's so clear. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal everything you have. He wants to destroy you. But it says my purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. Uh, who wants that? I want that, Lord. We want the fullness, right? You see, the devil comes to lie to bring us into the agreement and not heavens. Because what does heaven declare? What does heaven say about who you are? That's where we want to live. Even areas of our own life, we've been afflicted. You know, and I think about <clears throat> recovery because some of us are in recovery and we don't even know about it. From addictions, from family separations, loss of a loved one. Losing a loved one 
is a hard thing. Some people, they never recover from that. Sometimes they stay in that place of just so hurt. And it takes, it's a process. And it's a healing process that happens. Insecurities. Feeling hopeless. What about depression? You know that it's illegal for a, a, a it is illegal, it's an illegal action for a believer, a, a child of God to deal with any of this according to the kingdom of heaven. It is an illegal, it is an illegal intrusion of the devil for us to be dealing with any of this. Because in the kingdom of heaven, there is no depression. There is no addictions. There isn't any of these things. But what happens is that what, what makes it illegal is we begin to release the, the very thing. We give the keys away that Jesus went and took from the devil. We give it away. Broken marriages. You know, this is one that, <clears throat> that I dealt with in my life. Because I swore that I would never get married. I, I mean, me and Alice, I, I've been with my wife now since we were, I was 17 years old. Yeah, it's been a long time. In a good way, good way. <laughs> Clarified. <laughs> <laughs> That just sounded bad, right? <laughs> but you know, it, it, in a good way, we had a lot of ups and downs. But this, in our earlier stages, I refused to get married. And the reason why I refused to get married is because I remember the trauma that I had seeing my father and mother separate. I remember being seven years old or so watching my mom and dad argue and seeing him walk out the door. And it was traumatizing for me. And I said, you know what? I will never do that to my kids. I will have kids and we'll have our happy life, but I will not get married. I mean, that was just my dumb thinking. You know, and, but that was a trauma that I had to deal with in my life. And I praise God for my pastor because he's like, you need to stop and get, stop living in sin. And you need to marry that girl already. And uh, praise God that he did that. You know, we've been married 20-something years. And God, I shouldn't even said that because I know I'm going to get in trouble for that. We've been married a long time. Praise God. <laughs> how long have we been married, babe? You see how I turned it around? <laughs> um, but, but I dealt with that, even as a young man. <laughs> the definition of recovery is this, to return to a normal state. Return to a normal state of mind and to return to a normal strength. Our journey on his road leads us towards and in our victory in him because recovery also means to be healed. Recovery means to be healed. 
1 Peter 2.24 says this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Bam. Holy Ghost. You know, there was a time in my life, some of y'all have heard my testimony, maybe some of y'all haven't. I can't share it right now, but there was a time in my life that I was I was living in total rebellion. I was living in total rebellion towards God. I was running from God. I wanted nothing to do with God. Everything about my lifestyle was demonic. I was involved in a lot of just horrible things in my life. Um, rebellion. And because of my, my walk at that time, there was things that I was dealing with in my life, not just in the natural, but even in the spirit. You know that when, when you begin to move in rebellion, what rebellion does, it, it actually lists the, it lists the hand of God. Doesn't, he doesn't leave us or forsake us, but it lists the hand of God. And we begin to reap what we sow. So there was a lot of things that I was doing at that time that I was going to have to sow. That I was going to have to reap, I'm sorry. <clears throat> you see, when something tragic happens in our lives, it leaves an imprint. It leaves an imprint. And maybe you can think about a time in your life where something happened in your life. Like, wow, I remember that moment. Maybe it was something with a family member or a child. Or, but there's something that, it's an imprint there. And if you can think of that moment and how you feel, that moment and what you feel right now, you're still being healed of that. You're still in that process of recovery. <clears throat> you know, the reason why we deal with that, you know, I, I've, I've learned this. I, I, would, I had a friend of ours that would always pray, and I never understood why they prayed the way they prayed. They would pray, well, I pray against the trauma. Trauma. I'm like, well, I don't understand that, God. You know, I mean, the blood covers everything trauma and all you know so I was always I'd have these conversations with the Lord but Saturday the Lord began to speak to me about this and he said that we have to go back to the root and when you go back to the root you take that imprint out every trauma that's why when we pray we have to pray now and I understand it pray against the trauma pray against the imprint so that people can be totally healed. Because if not, what happens? We slap a Band-Aid on it. And they go back around. And then they're just going to wait till the next thing comes. And it's going to be ripped off. In my case, my Band-Aid <laughs> was a moment <clears throat> when I was standing outside. I don't know how old I was. I maybe was maybe 20 years old. I don't know. I could be off. It was a long time ago. Praise God. But I remember standing outside and all of a sudden I heard a loud boom. Boom! And I just remember my body shook. Like my body's... 
I didn't feel no pain. I felt a lot of heat and fire. And I didn't realize what had happened. I grabbed myself like this. I went down. And I didn't know what was going on until I looked up and I saw three men standing about 50 yards from me. And there was two men with two AK-47s and another man with two 9mm pistols. And all of a sudden, they just began to rip. They shot over 100 and something rounds at me. And everything that I saw, I saw bullets flying. And listen, and, and I had been shot. I didn't even know that I was shot. That was my trauma. And I'm going to tell you what, what happened to me that moment, my body shook. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to give the whole testimony on, on, on what went down. And if you haven't heard my testimony, we have it in the docking station. Fast forward, now I'm in the hospital. Um, I'm getting out of the hospital. Now it all begins. Because, see, the affliction and the attack only took about 45 seconds. It only took about 45 seconds to unload 150 rounds. But now I'm dealing with something that took months and months to heal. My wife was, we're young. I had a, a hole in the back the size of a grapefruit where the bullet came out. It was the most excruciating pain that I could ever, ever imagine. I had a tunnel from my stomach. It went all the way back. They were They'd have to pack it with gauze, gauze, gauze. <laughs> yeah. What? How do you say it? Gauze. Gauze. I like my way better. Gauze. <laughs> gauze. <laughs> they had to pack it with gauze. Gauze. <laughs> gauze. They had to pack it with some stuff. But they, they, and she would get this long Q-tip and it would go all the way in. Oh. And it was so painful. I mean, excruciating. I would cry. I would just, oh, I would scream and I would yell and it was horrible. And then when it came time to clean it, I had about two feet of, of gauze inside me that was packed. And they would have to... You understand what I'm saying? You could, you know, and that was the most excruciating pain that I could ever feel. But it only took 45 seconds for me to have to endure months and months and months of pain. Even till this day, there's times that if I move a certain way, I can feel that big old laceration pull. And it's a reminder, like, oh God. I'm going somewhere with this. Oh, Jesus. You see, when it happened, it wasn't that bad. I was on a, my adrenaline kicked in. I mean, I was, oh. You know, I, I mean, I felt like just numbness and heat, but it wasn't that bad. But afterwards, man, it was rough. You see, that's how the devil works. Even in the spirit. 
He comes in with deceptions, with whispers, and within seconds, he has access to our life. In seconds, he has access. One minute of access to the devil's lies can bring a lifetime of hurts and recovery. But with Jesus, every deception is destroyed. Come on. I shared this short story because I feel that there's some of us even now that are dealing with this in the spirit. We've been in a season where you've been hurt. You've been wounded. Maybe you feel like depressed. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe, maybe you feel afflicted. Maybe you feel like you've, you've been in a season of, of warfare. Maybe you're not getting along with your spouse. Maybe your husband is, is, is having issues. Maybe your wife is having issues. Maybe you have a, a, a son that's, that's not serving the Lord. Whatever it is. Maybe you feel like you just want to throw the towel. I don't want to do this no more. Man, it's so easy for us just to go and not even serve God. Man, you get to do whatever you want. You see, that's what the lies of the enemy come. You can do what you want. Because serving God, man, whew, there's too many expectations. See, that, 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 those are lies. Those are lies. And that one lie will cost us a lifetime of healing. I know that even, even in the situation that we've been in recently and, and attacks and things that have been happening, it would have been so easy for us to throw in the towel. It would have been so easy for us to say, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but this is so hard. But God is so faithful, guys. He is so faithful and I want you to know that, listen, he's here today. And I feel the Lord this morning. I felt the Lord in worship. He is here today. He's here this morning. Mm. Jesus. You know, one of the things that, that the Lord has really, really been, been reminding me of is this. He says, I want you to remember the promises. And he wants you to remember the promises. Every promise. Every promise. And what he wants us to do is he wants you to begin to partner with the promise. You know, sometimes there's words that have been spoken over us. Maybe some of us have been saved for many, many years. Maybe there's been prophetic words that have been spoken over your life, over your family. Some people, missions. I, I see you in the mission field. I see you in another country. Some people, you know, healing, miracles, signs and wonders. The Lord says it's time to begin to partner with the promise. Partner with the promise this morning. That's what the Lord's doing. But before we can partner with Him, He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be restored. He wants us to be in a place where we can walk in the fullness and the authority of who we are as sons and daughters. Remember the promises. Remember the encounters. 
I was so blessed because the other day I was, I was, I don't know who I was speaking with, but the Lord began to remind me of encounters that I've had in the past. Encounters that I had forgotten. Visions and dreams. And you know, at the moment I had these, these wild encounters and, and I didn't understand what they were for. And here we are now, two years later. Two years ago, I had this encounter. Two years later, the Lord says, do you remember that encounter? I'm like, yes, Lord. He says, it's for right now. We're in that season. What does that mean, God? And I shared this before about the sea of revelation. When I was taken to this, I, I went into this encounter where I was in this body of water. And the Lord said, this is the sea of revelation, the S-E-E -E of revelation. And he said, and I want you to look at the waves. He said, every wave has a name. He says, but you got to watch them. Because right when the waves get where it needs to be, the name will come upon the, the cresting of the wave. see the very first wave that I saw was called restore it was called restored vision restored vision and these two waves that I saw the Lord allowed me to see the first two waves two years ago and these waves that I saw they were dancing together they were like they were perfect unity they were in sync together they would go up and they would go down they would go up but perfect harmony That's, that's where we're supposed to be this season. The enemy is working so hard to bring division, to bring discord, to separate the body. You know, I had a, I had a, I had a vision the other uh, th three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And I saw a bunch of floating heads. I know this sounds weird. The Lord shows me weird things. And, but I saw a bunch of floating heads that had been decapitated. And these heads were talking. They were talking heads. And I was looking at all these heads. And they were going. They were just talking. Making a bunch of noise. Come on, you don't have to be prophetic to understand that. You see, the head represents head, knowledge, man's wisdom. It also represents the apostolic. It represents positioning. It represents governmental authority. So this is a whole lot of things that are going on here. The Lord is speaking to us in this hour. He's, the, the enemy is working overtime to bring discord to the body. To bring a separation. And what he's doing, he's going fishing for the bride. He's like, offense, come on, grab it, grab it, grab it. And then the body grabs it, got him. One down. Does that make sense? We have to recognize the plan of the enemy because we need to know how to pray. Greater is he that's in us than anything in this world. No weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what the word says. No weapon. And there's no devil in hell that has more authority than what you carry in this room. You have power. You have authority. So we have to act like it now. 
We have to act like it. Jesus. I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. He told me, don't be familiar. Don't get familiar with people this season. Don't let the boats pass you by. God wants us to be healed. He wants us to be restored so he can position us this season. But you know what? Who in this room is willing to cry restore? Who's willing to say, God, how stand in the gap, God? How stand restore, God? Who's willing to be the one? There's got to be somebody. That says, God, I'll do it, God. No matter what it looks like, no matter the plan, the enemy, the attacks, I'll do it, God. I'll stand here and I'll be the dartboard. Who's willing to cry restore? Somebody has to cry restore. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. Do you know the word restore? It's used 40 times in the the King James Bible. The number 40 to the Jews is a number that means that it's used to to, uh, recognize a term, a length of time. It represents a period of probation. It represents a time of testing. It even represents a time of pruning. The word restoration is used 87 times in the King James. And the number 87 in Hebrew means the exalted father. Exalted father. He's a good God. Exalted high to bring restoration and healing to all things. Everything. (laughs) Come on, on, man. I feel the glory. (laughs) Most of you know that I've, uh, I had to, I had to endure a couple surgeries on my eyes. And the first one, when I went into this surgery, I had no idea what to expect. All I knew, the doctor said this. He says, in three years, you're going blind. That's what I heard. Naturally. And I preach. And I teach. And I travel all over the world. And I say, miracles, signs, and wonders. Right? And then immediately when the enemy comes... You're going to go blind in three years. It's like my faith went out the door for like a split second. It wasn't long. Came right back. But I'm standing and I'm listening to the report. And then he goes on to say, this surgery is not going to do nothing for your eyesight. It's not going to make you better. It's not going to make it worse. It's just going to stop this this so-called disease that they say I have. From spreading. And he says, and it's very, very painful. 
I mean, he, he was like, it's very painful. <laughs> no, no sugar coating at all. I said, you mean like a tattoo? He's, oh, no. Way worse. But in your eyeball. And I said, okay. So I go into this, this, uh, this surgery, not knowing what was about to happen to me. They go and they do this surgery on my eye. And it was horrible. Horrible. I don't know if anybody has had any kind of eye surgery done ever. But it was like I was sitting in a torture chair. And they put this cup. They opened my eye and they put this cup on my eye. And I can't blink. I can't do nothing. My eyes just wide open. And there's like, and I'm watching everything happen. As the needle's going in. <laughs> I don't want to be graphic, but. I got traumatized. I got traumatized. And then he's like, well, I got you scheduled next week for your other eye. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> so I'm about to get this, this other eye done. And I'm here at the hub. And I'm working on some stuff. And I lift something. And all of a sudden, I rip my rotary, my muscle on my arm. And my arm just drops. I thought I popped it out of socket. I couldn't, it was just, I couldn't do nothing. And I was in so much pain, excruciating. Look, I'm healed. The doc, I had to go to the hospital. The guy said, it's going to be six weeks before you can begin to move it. It was like a day and a half. A day and a half. Everybody prayed. Several of you guys came and laid hands on my, my arm. Look. Wasn't it last Sunday when I was up here and it was like something happened? Healed. So I couldn't even do that surgery because I just torn my cup and this. and So I was like, man, praise God, I'm not going to do that surgery. I was like, thank you, Jesus, for tearing my muscle. <laughs> no, he didn't tear my muscle. but So then Friday comes, and I'm like, all week, I'm traumatized. And I'm praying. Why? Because now I know what to expect. Now I know what to expect. <laughs> I know that what they're going to do. I know how they're going to do it. I know the pain that it's going to be. I know everything about what's about to happen. You see, sometimes in our walk, we get so wounded and we get so offended that we don't allow ourselves to truly get healed. Even though we know that the very process is what we need to be able to be healed. We're so wounded and we're so afflicted that we, we, we run from the healing process and we just put a Band-Aid on it. See, I, I could have put a Band-Aid on it. And I told my wife, she says, she says, babe, you want, me to, you want me to reschedule it for another week? What did I say? I said, no. I said, no, I got to do this. I said, this is the only way that I'm going to be able to recover. I got to do it. You see, we have to allow ourselves to be restored. We have to allow ourselves to be healed. We have to allow ourselves to be in recovery. Because when you run from the very thing that God wants to do to bring you into position, 
we stop ourselves from being the recipient of the very thing that God wants to do and use to bless us. Because now that I got that surgery, now I just got to go get a couple of injections. Ouch. But it's part of my process. And though it's painful, then the doctor says, and after you get that, we're going to see about getting you some new lenses so things won't be so blurry. Well, praise God. You see, the Lord wants to give some of you some new lenses this morning. We've been in a season where things have been so blurry and the Lord's wanting to heal the process. Stop running from God. Hmm. That's not a rebuke either. I'm not. I'm just passionate about what the Lord's saying right now. The waves are here. Restored vision is here now. New vision is here now. We must capture what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We cannot be complacent. Jesus. Hmm. I don't know who this is for, but don't give up. Maybe it's for somebody who's watching, but don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Even if, if you, you, you find yourself hitting the same brick wall, if you find yourself battling the same thing, His mercies are new every morning. Don't give up. 